All right, guys. So we are this. Let me tell you what we're fixing to do over the next few weeks. We're doing this habitat series, but we wanted to go into a little bit deeper uh, and kind of go dig dig deeper into certain topics. So I've got Jack with me, and uh, Jack's a uh, student at Mississippi State. And y'all kind of I don't know if you've heard the one of the podcasts we did with him earlier in the year, but um, he's he's kind of searching for ways to connect dots in the classroom and that kind of thing. Right, Jack? Yeah. It's kind of, so like, you know, we're learning all this stuff in the classroom and it's great, but you know, you're trying to find ways to connect it to in the field. And this video series is, you know, that's my goal with it. And that's our goal with it. I think is, you know, we're, I'm learning this stuff in the classroom and Carter's, you know, been in this industry long enough that we can kind of connect dots and, you know, one, I can learn that stuff, but also the kids in the classroom with this video series, it, they might be able to learn something. And so, you know, I'm obviously I'm learning a lot from filming these videos and getting in the field, but it's also neat to make these videos and to post them for other people to see in the classroom or out of the classroom. You know, it, it could be a college kid or somebody listening to this could be, you know, 40 or 50 who has a degree in, you know, business or something, they have hunting land. And so it's, I think this series gonna be, series is going to be beneficial to college kids, but also just, you know, landowners who like to hunt and they might not have got a degree in forestry or land management or something like that. Yeah. You know, um, over the last 10 years, kind of when I started really kind of diving deep into habitat management, um, when I was posting stuff, it was really just like, Ooh, I'm, I'm figuring this out right now. So if I'm figuring it out right now, surely someone would love to, to hear about that too. So anyway, that's, I just want to give y'all kind of a brief, um, description of what the podcast part of this habitat series is going to be. Um, we are going to dig into, we, we, we can't cover everything on social media. So if, if we're going to cover something and go deeper, um, we're going to do that through this pod, this podcast. Basically, um, what the way that we're going to kind of lay this out is um, Jack's in forestry school. He's needing to kind of connect some dots. And so we're going to this this series is kind of be tailored towards t- towards him and and towards what he's trying to pursue at Mississippi State. And I think that. Um, by doing that, we're going to be able to open a lot of doors for other people to be able to look into, um, some deeper sides of habitat management. So, yeah, I think it'll be neat just for, you know, people outside of the university too, to look in and, you know, there's, I've talked to a lot of people who, you know, they think forestry is cool and they didn't go to school for it, but they're like, you know, the videos that y'all have made, you know, they're neat and they, they might not even have hunting land. They might not have land, but it's still neat to see that aspect and so I think it'll be cool to, obviously it's great for college kids and you'll be able to see a little bit of what goes on in the field, I guess, but it'll be great for people who, you know, just want to learn a little bit more, you know, kind of like, I mean, I used to watch how it's made videos growing up and I mean, it's going to be kind of similar to that with, you know, it's going to be shorter, but it's going to show just what goes on in the forestry industry, you know, yep. from yep. logging to, you know, measuring timber and, and then we'll, you know, dive into the habitat side with you know deer and turkeys and managing for that too yeah i mean you know if you really look at it and it's you know it's like habitat series we're you know when you think about habitat series you're thinking about wildlife you're thinking about um 
you know, to me, that's what I'm, what I'm, what I'm thinking. I think viewers probably think that, but in order to do that, we've got to go into the deep side of forestry. We've got to go into the management practices. We've got to go into civiculture. We got to go into forest measurements, things that you're, that Jack's taken this semester, um, to be able to, to explain some of this stuff on the habitat series, on the habitat side, they all correlate. They all come together and being able to, um, the biggest thing that I want, uh, you to, to, to take from this and other people that are, that are taken from this is, you gotta, you gotta have, you, you, you gotta equip yourself with a tool bag, right? It's like today we, we just got finished burning and being able to understand weather, understand how you can use it to your advantage and, 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 you know, humidity might be high, winds up. We can, we can do some things and it can actually create more diversity in 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 the stand without even having to put fire lanes and that kind of thing so that's 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 kind of want to give you all kind of a brief uh look into what this podcast what this series is really going to get into now let's jump into diversity yeah um, that's the so we did a video we posted a video i guess last week talking about it but that's one of the one of the big i don't know that's one of the biggest things that you can really do to a property. And there's a lot, you know, when you, when you say diversity, there's a lot of ways that you can add diversity to your, to your property. I mean, you can burn it, you can, you know, clear cut it, you can thin it. I mean, there's so many ways that you can add diversity to a property. And, uh, you know, a lot of y'all are probably doing it already and you just don't think that you're, you know, you don't, there's a lot of ways that, you know, in the classroom and we'll mention things and talk about things, but until you get in the field and you really like talk about it or have that conversation, you don't realize it. And then once you hear about it, it's like, oh, I'm already doing that. You know, you just, you just didn't know that you were. And I think that's what this is sometimes. You know, people are doing all these projects and they might not even have deer on their mind. They might, you know, want to make some money with timber or something like that. But in the long run, they're adding diversity to their property. Yeah, yeah. So if we're, if we're, if we're jumping into the, 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 the diversity of, let's just, let's, let's do get into the wildlife side of things here. Let's go full into a natural process. You know, just think about, think about a, a tornado that comes through that, through an area. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna knock, knock down some trees. It's gonna, it's probably gonna pick up and, and not be on the ground all the time. So it's gonna, it's going to knock down a spot and it's going to go a little bit further and it's going to knock down some more. Well, to me, what I see is diversity is, 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 is really when it boils down to it, an edge effect. Um, it's kind of like, um, creating, um, when you create diversity in a, let's just use that scenario. Timbers down. It's about what a quarter acre, half acre, of down trees they're all matted up and around it right to this to the unaffected area that's diversity then you got you got you got down stuff you've got all that kind of creating and it's going to use shade and it's going to use different things to create all different types of plants so to me if we're trying if we look at that natural way that it's i think always always go natural thinking the natural process is the most powerful process you can probably 
that you can have. So if you if you start to look at your property and say, well, you know, you know, what's what's happening naturally, and then how can I mimic that, add to it, enhance it, whatever. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think we put a lot of time and money into the food plot side of things. And, you know, everybody plants food plots. But even just looking at ways to add diversity through, you know, fire or, you know, thinning or taking advantage of, you know, a lot of times when somebody sees a tornado go through a property, I mean, their first thought is, you know, well, all my trees are gone. And, I mean, that's true. But at the same time, look at that diversity that added for free. You didn't hire a logger to go in and yeah, add that diversity. I mean, you didn't hire, I mean, you didn't spend any money on it. And granted, you know, it, it's bad for your timber. And, you know, if you want to sell your timber, but at the same time, it opened up that ground for all that sunlight to come in and, you know, you'll get plenty of forbs and grasses and stuff like that. Yeah. Grown. So, all right. So we, let's talk about different ways that we can, um, that, that diversity could actually look like, and on a management side of things to me, all right, so, you know, we got a food plot, okay? We got a long, long food plot, and and on, in that food plot, we might have, what, clover, wheat, different things. Um, in, the, in the spring, you might plant veg, something like that. Don't discount the edge of that plot. It's the most important part of the plot, in my opinion. Why? Because... You know, think about turkeys. Turkeys, they love natural stuff. They, they, you know, we, they love clover, those kind of things. But they're going to stick to those edges. They're going to get in that back corner of a field. They're going to be more kind of, you know, turkeys. I think sometimes we, we see them in the spring in these big fields. But for the most part, they like to get in these back little corners of fields. And so creating diversity of different, different, um, vegetation types right there around it. It's just like today when we went out there and, 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 and I was kind of sporadic kind of putting fire down, you know, and it's just, you don't need to go, you don't have to go burn 50 acres to create that. Does that make sense? Yeah. One that goes back to, you know, in, when you're managing for timber, you have to, you know, you might want to burn 50 acres or 60 acres, you know, a block, but with habitat management and wildlife management, you you don't have to. Like on a micro level, we could have fire right here, you know, on a two and a half acre plot. And then, you know, let's leave the rest and we might come back during the growing season and burn. And that's creating diversity. Yeah. And so, you know, even this morning when we burned, the humidity wasn't perfect. And so there were a lot of patches. And a lot of people would look at that like, well, it wasn't a successful burn. But that's just adding diversity. You're yeah. you're creating you know, black areas on the ground right now in the spring, that'll all be green. And the other stuff, you know, you can come back and burn in, you know, during the summer. And that's just adding diversity for the wildlife. Yeah. You got to really, you got to break out your, your, your plots, break out your property and you say, okay, I'm going to, I need to create diversity. I need to create changes. And, and, and what that looks like is plant structure that's look like there's going to be some that's going to be re-sprouting. And then you might have stuff you burned two months ago that's starting to get into 18 to 36 inches. And so kind of doing different times of the year or doing different little projects, for instance, if you are 
if you burn through like one of the, you know, saplings are a big part of my inventory for nutrition. But when you run a fire through a five, six year old sapling, that's got six, seven, eight saplings all together, you probably don't have the fuel load to get that fire to burn through that, to kill it. That's okay. Like we, we looked at some of those spots today. It's like a little size of a truck. Well, now, now that what, what, what are my options now? Well, we know that the fire kind of resets and there's the root system is still growing the, the tree's still alive. So if we sever that stump with what? A bush hog or a, or a, a mulching head. And that's a, that's a way to, we might not be able to get it with a, with a fire, but we can get it with other, other, other strategies. Mm-hmm. When I think it just all goes back to, you know, putting all of it together. Cause a lot of people talk fire and especially in the spring and, you know, just like trapping with, you know, turkey season coming up in the next couple months, everybody's going to start talking about trapping. And, you know, the rest of the year, you really don't hear much about trapping. And so I think it's just like putting all of that together, whether it be fire, whether it be a mulcher, whether it be a bush hog, you know, put it all together. And that's the perfect plan. Like you don't need fire. You don't need just fire on your property. You don't need just mulching. You don't need just bush hogging. You have to put it all together and every, every aspect, the plants are going to react a little different. And so that's just creating more diversity. I mean, when you burn it, the you know it's going to grow up and be all green and perfect for wildlife well when you cut you know with you when you bring the bush hog in and cut some stumps that'll be a perfect mineral sprout but it's going to be at a different time it's not going to be when everything's greening up in the spring most likely that's pretty much going into next week's you know next week what we're going to talk about is really diversifying your early successional habitat and what i mean by that is you need to be dropping you need to be promoting new growth throughout the, let's just call it seasons. Let's call it quarters. Um, you know, and, and you don't, if you go burn through your whole inventory and in the spring, you don't have any inventory to kind of reset. Um, and you know, when in the South, when it's, when it's dry, you need to, you need to be two months before that planning for that. And, and when you do that, you're you're diversifying your vegetation to where it doesn't matter if you hit a drought. It doesn't matter because that new growth, the power in that nature, natural process is going to fight right through that drought. So. When you just have to plan ahead, because I mean, we weren't planning on burning today until probably you know two hours four, but everything was in place to where we could, and it allowed us to burn some ditches and some bottomland spots that had never been burned before. And as we're recording this, it's raining. And so we, I mean, as we were leaving, it started sprinkling when we were burning. And so, you know, it just shows you, you have to plan ahead too. I mean, you can't, you can't, you know, burn everything you want and burn the places that are going to be harder to burn without planning ahead. I mean, the yeah. conditions have to be perfect already. And then you add in, you know, a couple hours of making fire lanes or stuff like that. It dwindles how much time you have to burn. Yeah, it does. All right, so we're we're excited about this, y'all. I'm telling you, just what you were talking about just a minute ago, like those ditches. Oh man, I cannot wait to geek out on some some wetland upland. You yeah. know that some of those things. It'll be we, cool to show what comes up and how that reacts. I'm telling you, man, that that edge, 
that slope line is is undervalued and that is really what i found in my management the key to really boosting a whitetail's horns and and turkeys i mean turkeys Mm -hmm. people just don't understand i mean wetlands turkeys fall august deer before you know the crazy thing about the natural process is if a if a duck is going to use it in february there's probably another bird that's using it way before him so it's all these all these all the wildlife kind of work together they might be at different times of the Mm -hmm. year you might not be seeing it but it's definitely happening yeah wetlands are so important for you know i think that's one of the things that people don't think of when i mean when you're looking at property and you see a you know a big swamp or you know wetlands on your property they'd be like oh you know let's skip to the next property let's buy another one but i mean there's a lot of Uh, i don't know well not with you know obviously duck hunters no no i'm no i that's wetlands oh my goodness wetlands oh my uh, it's just it's 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 a it's a one of the best recipes Mm -hmm. for growing big deer having ducks you know this year we're noticing hey droughts yeah these properties are more valuable so anyway all right so we'll see y'all next week and uh jump into um diversifying your early successional habitat throughout the season see y'all